0: Are you tired of trying to live a good life in your own strength? Discover a better way as we talk with author and pastor Kevin Butcher on today's episode of A View From The Wall.
1: Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs. Bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall.
0: Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Brose, here today with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we're excited to join you today. Good Christians are supposedly known for things like Bible study, prayer, evangelism, and service to God. We get the idea that if we work hard enough, we can defeat sin and succeed in the Christian life. But that's not how the biblical process works. Unfortunately, many Christians have yet to discover the difference in living empowered by God rather than in our own power. Kevin Butcher points us toward this healing today as we talk in our episode of A View from the Wall. Let me tell you a little bit about Kevin before we begin. Pastor Kevin Butcher was a lead pastor for 35 years, including 16 years in urban Detroit. He leads Rooted Ministries, which comes alongside isolated, wounded, and discouraged pastors and their families to help them experience the love of God found in Jesus. Kevin is the author of Free, as well as the book Choose and Choose Again, the brave act of returning to God's love. He's a graduate of Taylor University and Dallas Theological Seminary. He's written numerous articles on God's love. He's married to his best friend, Carla, with three grown daughters, two sons-in-law, and four grandchildren. Welcome to A View from the Wall today.
2: Thanks so much, Dylan. I'm so glad to be with you guys.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to have you with us, and we're going to dive right in. And Kevin, Rooted Ministries reaches churches, leaders, and pastors, helps them overcome difficult issues, but this didn't start necessarily in a positive place. Take a moment as we start to share your story and how this ministry began.
2: Well, I mean, it it began because when I was pastoring in those 35 years, very rarely did I have, in fact, almost never did I have someone older, uh, that kind of had his arms around me, and and maybe his spouse, uh, her arms around Carla, and so that we knew that we um, were safe and could just be, you know, gut level honest. We didn't have anything like that. So rooted ministries kind of came out of um, us not having anyone and us wanting to be there for those who have no one in, in vocational ministry, but on even a deeper level. Some of what I went through in pastoral ministry, um, where I really needed someone, is what led us to start Rooted. Because here I was, um, 36 years old, you know, four years in a Christian university, um, four years at Dallas Seminary. So that by the time I got done with my education, Dylan and I had six and a half years of Greek, two years of Hebrew, three years of Latin. I knew the scripture fairly well, I mean, basically inside and out. And yet, at the age of 36, with all kinds of plaques on my wall and academic accolades and athletic accolades, and I was successful in in ministry. One night uh, in 1990, at the the end of another speaking engagement where you get another round of applause, um, I almost took my own life on the way back um, from that particular engagement at the intersection of 94 and Allard on the east side of Detroit, um, I almost drove into a cement embankment because I had been living in such a performance-based Christianity since I trusted Christ 31 years earlier that I just didn't want to live anymore. And so Rooted Ministries was born out of wanting to help pastors like me who are performance-driven but don't really know the love of Christ to begin to be, as Paul calls us to, be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ because that love will fill us with all the fullness of God. So yeah, that's the story.
3: Pastor Kevin, the the performance-based Sounds almost like a positive thing, but the ugly opposite side of that is that when we can't perform to the levels that we expect or we think God expects, there's an incredible amount of shame and guilt associated with that. And you talk about that in the book. Share a little bit about that.
2: Well, um, Kurt Thompson in his book said this, and this is so profound, and I think even though it's not a Bible verse in and of itself, it reflects much of biblical teaching. Kurt says, um, all of us come out of the womb looking for someone looking for us with love and delight and then he said next uh, in this particular conference he said today I'm 56 years old I'm a successful professional and I'm still looking for the same thing and so he said God didn't make us to respond to the rules it's not that the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments is wrong or bad. It's very good. It comes from the heart of God. It's a pathway of life. And so there are many other commands in the New Testament. They're a pathway of life. And there are things that we're called to uh, by Jesus Christ in our walk with him that are about obedience. And there is a thing called sin. And there's a thing called virtue. And And, yes, we get all of that. But we're not made to respond to a list of those virtues or a list of those commands. Bert Thompson's point is, is that we're made to respond to love. And, and I think uh, this is one of the reasons why Jesus, in, in his last night on the planet, um, in a verse that one commentator I found from the mid-19th century, he called this verse the closest thing to an ethical command coming out of the mouth of Jesus in the entire Gospel of John. That's a powerful statement. And this is what Jesus says: Basically, you guys are, are staying. I'm leaving. And this is what you've got to be about if you're going to carry my message, my truth, my personhood into our broken world. He said, as the Father has loved me, so love I you. Abide, the Greek word means to make your home in, my love. Not the rules, but my love. In fact, earlier in John 14, he says, if you love me, if you and I have that love relationship, you will find yourself keeping my commandments so the commands don't come first the performance or what we do in our Christian life was never meant to be the essence of it the love relationship between our, our God and and our hearts was meant to be the essence of our walk and then the obedience and what we do for him is intended to flow out of that if you get that backwards the result's going to be failure shame that shame locks us down uh, so that we really um aren't much good to our families ourselves or to the
0: kingdom maybe you can relate as you hear these words but stay with us we're going to take a break here on a view from the wall
1: A view from the wall comes from I Am A Watchman Ministries, established to help individuals know the love of Jesus, enter into a relationship with Jesus, live for Jesus, tell others about Jesus, and prepare for the imminent return of Jesus. We want to inspire the body to live a life of meaning and purpose, and at the coming judgment, hear the Lord say, well done, my good and faithful servant. The wise will strive to live well so that they can finish well, The prudent will work to be aware of what God has done and what prophecy notes he will do in the days to come. In support of these goals, the I Am A Watchman ministry is happy to make available at no cost a wealth of discipleship, prophecy, and spiritual growth resources for those who desire to learn and those who are called to lead. Find out more by visiting our website, Iamawatchman.com. That's Iamawatchman.com.
0: Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As Joe and I talk with Kevin Butcher about reviving a right relationship with God, we want to talk more about his latest book. Uh, Pastor, we've established the problem with shame-based religion and where that can lead us as followers of Christ. But what is the answer? How do Christians revive this right relationship with God, especially when we're feeling burned out or when life seems so hopeless?
2: Well, I can tell you what my pathway was. I had to first get honest. That whatever I had tried to fill that vacuum with, and Paul talks about that emptiness, and some of it was Christianity, and some of it was good stuff, but nothing is intended to fully fill our hearts except for the love of the Father through Jesus Christ, his son. So, first of all, I, I think we just have to get honest, take off the mask and say, not what we wish was going on in our lives, but this is what's really going on. And for me, I was kind of forced there. Um, because I wanted to kill myself. And so I had to ask God, I've got everything, but I've got nothing. So what is it? And um, Actually, what happened for me, uh, brother, is that I, I got a copy. Somebody gave me a copy of Brennan Manning's, The Ragamuffin Gospel. And getting honest, saying I'm empty. That book, I, I read that book and had, I wept all the way through it and had my first experience with the love of God through Christ a genuine experience of knowing that he loved me since I was five years old. That's a long time to live without that love. And then I think after getting honest, we've got to do as I did, as I was forced to do is run to the father. Like my little girls used to run to me when they were hurt back in the day, when they were small, they would come to me and pour out their pain on my chest many times with real tears. And then after a while they will have received from me what they need and and go out and play and live their lives again. I think we're called by a God who invites us to cry out to him, Abba, that term of intimacy that Jesus uses in the garden for the father to come to him as Abba and to take that pain, that emptiness, that sense Dylan, of being unloved and pour it out on him. Isaiah 61 says that he will not turn us away, but he will slowly, but surely, begin to give us beauty for our ashes, begin to give us joy for our mourning. He will literally begin to fill us up with that love and let us know as an individual son or individual daughter that that voice of shame from hell is a lie, that his words for us are, you are my beloved daughter, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then finally, I think the body of Christ, the church, is meant to be a repository of that love. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 to the body of Christ, if you have all knowledge and all faith, but you don't have this love, which is heals everything, you've got nothing. It's why Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8, above all things, love one another fervently because that love will cover, eat, will overcome, will overpower, will heal a multitude of sins. So we've got to learn to stop just looking at the back of somebody's head in the pew on a Sunday morning and turn to one another and take off our masks and reveal the truth about our pain, our shame, our sin. And, and even the neurobiologists, Dylan, tell us that when shame that damages our literally damages our limbic brain, our limbic system, when we open up about that shame, that love, Will begin to heal that shame and literally begin to create new neural healing pathways in um, in our brains. So it can't just be about hearing words. It's got to of love. It's got to be about embodied love in the body of Christ, which is intended to heal us from a multitude of sins.
3: Pastor Kevin, you spent some time talking about spiritual disciplines, and you mentioned that we can get bogged down in the practices so much that we miss the principle of love and how God meant for us to interact with that. Talk about spiritual disciplines, kind of the way they apply to both sides of this discussion, the good and the bad, and and how we can apply those to our life and, and where we can get off on them and they actually become a burden.
2: Yeah, of course, discipline is important. It is. But in intimate relationship, like with my wife, yes, I have to be disciplined to to create space for us to get together and whatnot. But more than anything, my love for her causes me to be desperate for her. And so in our relationship with God, I mean, when David in Psalm 42 says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you, oh God. He's not really thinking much about discipline, bro. He's talking about how desperate he is to know the God whose love will fill him up from the inside out. So when I think of Bible study and prayer, I don't think the Bible was ever meant to be that. I don't think the prayer was ever meant to be that. I'm wondering, if I'm in love with the God who first loved me, wouldn't prayer be an invitation to connect with my one great love and wouldn't reading the scripture, his love letter to us, for example, wouldn't it be an invitation for me to connect with that book that is not just about what I should be doing and I'm not doing or whatever, but it's an invitation for me to hear his story of love and redemption for humanity. And yes, there's a pathway of righteousness and life that he's calling me to live. But first, every time, he reminds us of how much he loves us. So to be honest, Dylan, uh, I don't ever read the scripture unless I want to. And here's the deal. I want to a lot.
0: Well, that's so well said. And we have about a minute until we go into break. For those who are just learning about you in this book, tell them what they could find when they read it.
2: I think many will find a piece of their story. And I think I packed it with scripture because I wanted folks to know this isn't some pop psychological view of the Christian experience. Yes, there's many stories, including my own of folks who have been shut down from all walks of life by um, what I call just do it Christianity. You know, just study harder, try harder, go to church more and get it done. But what you'll find is the word of God is inviting them into an intimate love relationship with Jesus that will not lock them down in shame. It will begin to set them gloriously free.
0: You've been listening to Kevin Butcher, but there's so much more. Stay with us here on A View from the Wall.
1: Jesus is coming again in an event known as the rapture. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Rapture kits are designed to help believers reach out to those lost before the rapture and provide spiritual and practical information for those still here afterwards. Included in the Rapture Kit is a wealth of information on what the rapture is and how to prepare for what is to come. The Rapture Kit also includes several Bibles, e-books, audio and video sermons on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk and discipleship material, all preloaded on a 32 gigabyte flash drive. Warn the lost about the coming Rapture and help individuals in the post-Rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of Christ followers and ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org.
0: Welcome back to a view from the wall as Joe and I speak with Kevin butcher today in our last segment, we want to share some of the applications from his new book in our lives today. we want to start with this idea that there's so much more that can be seen in the Christian life. If we will take the focus off the performance that we do and focus on the love of God and what he can do through us. Uh, Talk to pastors who are listening right now, perhaps how do they combat that shame based Christianity in their churches and in their personal lives?
2: Well, I guess, much like in my own journey, I think pastors have to get honest. And again, I don't think they have to get near suicide like I did, Dylan, but I I think they have to come to the place where they say, I'm worn out. Not from fighting the powers of darkness. That is going to tire us, of course. I'm worn out from just trying to walk with God. I'm worn out from trying to spin all the plates of the Christian experience and make all these folk happy. I'm worn out from my life being about performance and i want to say to my brother and sister pastors it's okay the father never meant to you for you to climb that mountain what he's inviting you into is an experience of his love a long-term abiding of making your home in his love where he will pour himself through you and of course it's not going to be perfect because we live this side of glory but that Instead of that shame that fills you, uh, pastor, brother pastor, sister pastor, where you feel like you, you're never going to please God enough, let alone the people, you'll be living out of knowing that as he looks at you, he's saying to you, not get with the program, but you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased, then he will send us out into our communities to shepherd them and to give away that same love that he's given to us. I want to say to them, you don't have to live in that shame anymore. Get honest about it, pour it out to the father and watch him begin to fill you um, with the love that your heart has been looking for since you were born.
3: This is so good, Kevin. And there are so many pastors and church leaders who needed to hear that message. We have many who listen and respond to us. And I know that that is something that is so much of just such a heavy weight as they try to minister and in this program we talk frequently about bible prophecy and that we believe that paul correctly identified the last days that we're living in and as i look at the description of the last days i can hear so many of those things that we're talking about in that description in second timothy that in the last days there'll be perilous times people will be lovers of themselves they'll be proud arrogant abusive unholy ungrateful heartless slanderous without self-control brutal not loving what's good treacherous i mean you can hear shame and guilt all through that list Indeed. talk to our watchmen because we have folks who watch warn witness and seek to finish well in these last days and they take this very personally and I'm sure they feel that same weight sometimes. Speak to our watchmen and women.
2: Indeed, indeed. And if you don't mind, um, Joe, right before I do that, can I just add a piece about the pastors, some of whom are watchmen and watchwomen themselves, is that after they pour that that guilt and shame out to the Father, that they find someone, not on their elders who kind of run the show of the church and not in their community, because they're looking up to them as pastors, but to find a peer, someone that they feel like might be safe, that they can pour out some of that pain to, of that performance thing they've been doing all these years. And honestly, uh, Joe, make sure that your listeners know if they need to, if they can't find anyone else, they can connect with us at Rooted Ministries. And I'm telling you, we will come alongside them with no agenda except to walk with them into freedom as we discover the love of God in Christ um, together. So I just wanted to say that to pastors before um, I I address the watchmen and watchwomen who are, again, what I admire about that community of human beings that you just described is they're living James 5. Remember that amazing verse from Jesus' half-brother when he says, the judge stands at the door. And those folks are living with the knowledge that when when the Messiah gets the head nod from the Father, um, history stops and eternity begins. And so I have great admiration for that community of human beings. But yes, you're right. Many of them also struggle with guilt and shame, and many of them feel like sometimes their calling is prophetically just to tell folks to stop doing what you just read for us that folk are doing in the last days. You know, stop it. That's not the way to live. But here's the problem. As you just suggested, all of those behaviors, uh, they don't just happen in a vacuum. They happen because of guilt and shame. They happen because, literally, because of shame that tells them they're empty. They're not enough. They'll never be enough. And so those behavior patterns are folks' attempt fill up that emptiness inside. So I would say to the watchmen and the watchwomen, as they uh, um, minister to that community of broken human beings that continues to live into that pain or live out of their pain, that they would connect so deeply with the love of the Father themselves, that they would be able to give away, not just in word, but in deed, the love that those Broken sons and daughters of God who don't know yet that they're sons and daughters, or they're in the church and they're not living as if they're sons and daughters, they're living as if they're slaves. That they would, that the watchmen and the watchwomen would so deeply know the love of the Father for themselves that as they approach that brokenness in humanity with the message of the coming Savior. That the love that is in them would literally begin to ooze out of them to the point that before they say a word, those broken human beings, like people in the first century did with Jesus, they will begin to turn toward them and respond because their their hearts will already begin to sense the love that's coming from Christ through them to them in that moment. I would encourage I mean your Watchmen and Watchwomen—they know the Word of God. I would just say to them, if I had a personal coffee time with them, but do you know, not just for God to love the world, do you know that He loves you? I'm encourage. I would encourage them to live into that healing themselves, so that they can give that healing love away to the brokenness in this generation, which indeed could be the last generation before the return of our Christ.
0: Kevin, this is such an important message, and we want to thank you for being with us today. Before we let you go, where can people go to find out more about your book and your ministry?
2: Well, they can find, um, you know, a description of both of my books um, on on our website, rootedministries.co, not .com. That was taken. It's .co. And also, and so they can get in touch with me there, in touch with our staff if they desire. They can read a description of both books. They can also find both books on, you know, Amazon, Christian book distributors, Tyndale Publishing, which is my co-publisher, Math Press Publishing, uh, or any of the distributors, and many times even in bookstores. And if they do not have the funds, I want to make sure this is really clear, Dylan and Joe. If they don't have the funds, please have them reach out to the website. They can get in touch with me there personally. I will make sure if they desire that they can get a copy of one or both of, of the books, these books about the love of the Father for them.
0: Well, we especially want to encourage you to check that out, RootedMinistries.co. And Kevin, thanks again for being with us. For those listening today, we want to thank you for being with us as well here at A View From the Wall. We want to encourage you to join us again at IAmAWatchman.com. You can catch all of our episodes there, get our latest e-newsletter, download free resources, and do all kinds of things to help you in your spiritual journey. We also appreciate your prayers and your support to help us serve you and others as we continue and encourage you to join us next time here on A View From the Wall.